This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandy shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandy shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. It's time to tell our Podmeets World listeners that if you're currently tuning in via headphones, it's time you take audio seriously and join the JLab family. JLab offers incredible sound for all of life's moments. It's tech done better. Consumers deserve better than the same old tech they've been stuck with. Instead of high price tags, everyone should have access to new innovations and products they actually want. So JLab thought, hey, why not do something about it? What are you waiting for? Get out there and join the JLab family. JLab.com. JLab. Your kind of tech. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. So yesterday, uh, a good friend of mine, George Wong, who is a director and professor at UCLA, invited me to go and talk to his film class. And I That's never fun. Went to, yeah, I never went so to college, fun. so I was like, let's give this a try. Um, and it was great. It was a, a theater, and there was like a couple hundred students there, and everybody wanted pictures, and I was taking pictures with everybody. But I got a lot of, <laughs> sir... Mm-hmm. Can I take a picture with you? Because my mom was a big fan. Yes. So it is 
it's definitely more. Don't get me wrong. There were a lot of of Girl Meets World fans and a lot of Boy Meets World fans and a lot of Kim Possible fans, which was very mm. interesting. Well, but cartoons kind of last forever, right? They do. Like, they do. I mean, I, I think Boy Meets World is finally. I, I'm surprised it's lasted as many generations as it did. Like, I think, like, I thought when the show was over, it was it was over. Like, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, I can go back to normal life and and won't get recognized. And then, of course, it had the second life on Disney Channel in the early aughts, which caught a whole new generation and arguably was more popular right. among yeah. that generation. I feel like people that are right now in their 30s are kind of our biggest audience. Like, that's the biggest yeah. number of, of our fans. So they were younger than us. And then the generation beyond that, you know, partly because of Girl Meets World, but like, Disney even Plus before that, too. it seemed like it was Disney Plus. It was still, you know, uh, but yeah, I do think we're finally, now that we're 30 years out from when we started, I think we must be at the point now where people are are going to stop watching it as as new, you know. They'll rewatch. I don't but think I don't, that I don't think that's necessarily true. I, I mean, that's know, like yeah. saying I think people have stopped watching Happy Days or Brady Bunch, and I don't think people have. They I mean, have, it's I think they no, have. no. It might not be like it, it might not be the same thing where kids are sitting down and watching Happy Days, but it's still it's still there. And again, yeah. with my you know I do cameo, and I would say probably. 50% of my cameos are for Boy Meets World for people under the age of 18. I'll yeah. tell you, we get a lot of emails from very young people. See? Okay. I think it's right. still going. Now, wait, you said something interesting, though, about it getting a second life on, on Disney Channel, which it did. Did it? I know it went to two places, but I don't know where it went first. Did it go to ABC Family first and then Disney no. Channel or no, Disney, Disney Channel then ABC Channel? Channel. It was Disney, Disney Channel, Channel was first. and then ABC Family, okay. like around 2006, six seven. I feel like around okay. there, it was on ABC Family for a while. And then it went back to Disney, and yeah, it kind of it got okay. shuffled around from all the. Then we the were on Disney Nick at Night owned. for a while. Really, we were. We were on mm -hmm. Nick at Night. I think so. That's I thought we were cool. only on Disney owned channels. I don't know. No, we, I think we, we think we ended up moving because we were also on MTV. Yes, oh, that I remember right. vaguely. So moment. it was must have, Viacom must have had some kind of deal with Disney because if yeah. it's on all because Nickelodeon and MTV are both Viacom companies, there you so go. it's got to so, be the same. And it thing. had a Viacom run. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I had somebody recently ask me uh, a guy who I, I'm not really sure he knew who I was as an actor, but knew that I was in the entertainment industry because I, he knew I was directing the movie I was directing, and he he lived on the property we were filming on, and he said, uh, "Excuse me, can you know? Can I ask you a question?" And I said, "Yeah," and he said how long have you been in the entertainment industry? He said, because I've only lived here for three weeks and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting started and I just want to know, like, you know, <laughs> how, what, how long have you been doing this? And I went, uh, 31 years. And he goes, <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And I said, no, I I'm not really that old. I've just been doing it since I was young. And he was like, I thought maybe you were like 60 and I was going to say, wow. I was like, no, okay. Oh, please yeah, stop. Stop talking, please. Uh, but yeah, so we're old, but it feels good. Uh, welcome to Pod Meets World. I'm Danielle Fischel. I'm Ryder Strong. And I'm Will Friedell. We are recapping today, season one, episode 17, The Fugitive. It originally aired February 25th, 1994. And the synopsis is that Sean and Corey find that their friendship has come under threat from the former's careless involvement in a cherry bomb prank gone wrong. Cherry bomb. This cherry bomb is crazy. Is one of 
the most important Boy Meets World episodes of all is, seven right? seasons. Agreed. Yes, Absolutely. it is. I mean, is it just Absolutely. because we remember it because of the earthquake? I mean, I no. feel like that was a big reason. I didn't that even was a remember big reason. that. Yeah, no, that, oh, okay. this was, this cemented Sean. I think, I think. yeah, this- this well, was hugely I mean, important. I would have said that I would have said that this was like the defining episode for me personally, like as an actor and what in my memory. But then having watched the Santa's Little Helper episode that we recap, which I totally forgot about, it, the dynamic was already kind of established there that Sean, you know, came from a poor family, was you know a, troubled, and uh, the, the conflict between him and Corey. So I I, I was surprised to discover that that the dynamic of Sean and Corey had already kind of been established, but you're right. I guess this is the one that we all, remember, I think right? after Santa's little helper though, didn't they also, whether they were shot out of order or not, at least the way they aired, didn't they also still try to bring on another friend after Santa's little helper at some point? I don't think so because we realized that the B team of life was actually right. Shot right, But B right team of life that. aired after Santa's after. little helper. Right. And there yeah, was a, yeah. another friend. So while people saw it, yeah, there was still another friend. This is this really I don't think from here on they ever attempt anything but Corey and Sean. But yeah, also so. the other the difference between Santa's Little Helper and The Fugitive to me is that Santa's Little Helper really set you up as being um, a kid with a different family than Corey. Your dynamic yeah. when your family was different, but it was yeah. ultimately only going to be a thing where maybe Corey needed to be sensitive to your different life. Not right. that your different life was going to possibly cause problems. Right. Not where right. you were could you could potentially be a bad, a bad kid, g- yes, I or was a the bad same guy. Thing. Yep. And yep. so this right. episode really set up that not all differences are can have a glossy finish on them and mm-hmm. be solved by just saying I'm going to give you my basketball because you have less and I have more. Yeah. Uh, right. And so that was really the thing that set this up for the rest of the sh- show's run, which is we we are on opposite sides sometimes and and yeah. and our role as family and friends are to keep each other on one side. And right. I I actually I love love this episode. Me too. But my one little piece of constructive criticism would be that I wish the 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 situation with the friendship and Corey and you know the the little lesson that Feeney gives in the very last scene about the mm-hmm. the friendship the unraveling fabric. Fabric. could yeah. have happened earlier, you know. And I get that there was a lot to cover in this episode, but it really felt like a very important lesson, and it was kind of like. Right at the end, uh, and and but anyway, we'll we will get into it. I can't yeah. wait to hear all yeah. of your thoughts on it, and writer. I can't wait to hear your memories of it because I'm sure is this like just yeah. the most memorable episode for you of all of them? Yeah, yeah. Is this wow. is, this is yeah, and um, yeah. I, I watched it twice. I watched it once, a, like a week ago, knowing that we were gearing up for this, and then I watched it last night with Indy. Um, and yeah, it's so indelible. Like I just, I've, I've, I remember every single moment of filming this and I always thought well, it was in part because the earthquake happened the week before we were shooting this, the, the North Ridge, North yeah. Ridge North earthquake in, in January yeah. happened. And, um, so we were filming this the week after and our table read was, we used to have table reads in a trailer, but we decided to have it on the stage. And then there was an aftershock during the table read mm. and we canceled the table read because we all like jumped under the table and like freaked out. We all felt the whole like place swaying. So we canceled the table read and called the day off. Um, so we, we ended up only having four, four days for this episode, if I remember. Um, and yeah, so I, I think another reason that this episode is super memorable for me is that I had already become friends with Jeff Sherman, who wrote it, and I had already known I I knew that he was 
quote unquote, the voice of Sean in the writer's room. That's what they called him. Because, right. you know, a lot of times writers end up being sort of like the guy who are the, the girl or on our show, mostly guys who yeah. would say like they, uh, they were like Minkus's voice or they would come up with the good lines for Corey all the time. And I guess he was always coming up with the best lines for Sean and, and we had become friends. So when I, he wrote this episode, he told me that he had written this episode basically for me and had this whole idea of like, you know, Sean being this fugitive and being on the run and how fun that would be. And so, I don't know, I felt, I remember feeling like, I, I remember feeling special. I remember feeling like this was a, you know, this was a, an episode for me to act and for me to, to for, for it to be about me, you know, and, 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 and my character. And I just remember being really excited. And then it felt right. Like, I remember the dynamic um, especially when we get to it, that scene with me and Ben in the classroom, mm. um, that felt like a real shift uh, yeah. for the whole show. Yeah. And it kind of became a defining moment. Um, anyway, we'll talk about it. But yeah, yeah, so I, I totally remember this episode. As a podcast focused on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. <laughs> that is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation. First steps or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box, and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media, and I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized, and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com slash world. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. It's 2024 and stress is already everywhere. Deadlines at work. Your kid's screaming at you. Non-stop traffic. The world is ending. That's a big jump there, Ryder. Oh, sorry, kind of true. Yeah, well, when we want to get away from the struggles of everyday life and have some comforting me time, we break into some Keebler Sandies. Let's say it's finals week and Mr. Feeney has scheduled all of the tests into one day. How will Topanga find a comforting moment to herself? Go to the mall? Mm, not with this hair. Play guitar with her father, Jedediah? Depends on which Jedediah. 
bite into some delicious Keebler Sandies? Exactly. Keebler Sandies are buttery shortbread cookies made with simple ingredients. And each Keebler Sandies cookie is baked to perfection by the adorable Keebler elves for a light sweetness and texture that melts in your mouth. God bless those little Keebler elves. When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat that will keep you going. So, the next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for a Keebler Sandy shortbread cookie to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. Tell the elves Pod Meets World sent ya. They're real. I've seen them. Summer is steadily approaching, and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation? Okay, maybe. Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on? Yes, with your shirt on. It is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and... Torture everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. And you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. It was directed by David Trainer, written by Jeff Sherman, and we can jump into our recap. So we start in the Matthews living room and Corey's bedroom. Alan returns from work and tells Corey he can't play baseball out in this thunderous rainstorm. And Corey says he's been sitting at home all day. He doesn't know what to do for fun. Corey then goes up to his bedroom. Why is there a parking meter in the bedroom? Did you guys notice that? (laughs) I didn't. There is a a parking parking meter. Right next to the door. It's like huh. six inches shorter than Ben. Just a on, from the street okay. metal parking meter that's just for the first time ever appeared in their in their room. Have you never seen it before? No, I I've never noticed it. Okay, well, here's the thing that I was noticing this episode, which seemed very weird to me. I have a very clear memory of having to crawl in and out of that window yeah. with yeah. those springs. Why are there red springs in front of the window? I like, think it's supposed to be they're supposed to be kind of like the beads that hang beads. down in front of... Yeah, but yeah. they're springs. Like, I remember they're yeah. metal, and I remember having to, like, duck in and out, and I was watching that, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. What kid <laughs> is putting, like, red... It was like, I <laughs> has anybody ever heard of such a thing? That's I funny, because I actually... I didn't notice they were springs. They I didn't weren't I thought there were beads. I thought there were beads. No, no, they're red metal springs. And I remember scraping myself on it and crawling in and out. And I'm like, why is that? <laughs> and I was watching it now going like, yeah, I remember that. All right. The other thing I want to talk about 
first, like what I just love about this episode is the rain, yeah. the yeah. mood that it sets, the way that every, um, all the windows have that rain effect dripping yeah. down. That is very rare in a sitcom to invest that kind yeah. of energy in that kind of production design. It also and makes it everything dark. A great mood. Yes. It makes everything dark. Yeah. Such a great mood yeah. for the whole episode. It's like, we're in a different world. Bad yeah. things are going to happen. Yeah. Like it was just so exciting. And, and I remember being excited by it, you know, being wet as yeah. an actor and like just feeling like we were doing something different and cool and keeping the lights off it also yeah. completely gave you an excuse to go a little crazy with the hands through the hair in this episode yes <sighs> it's uh it. it's a lot in this one it is yep. a it is a drinking game that you won't make it to the end of the episode if you take a shot every time Ryder puts his hands through his hair <laughs> uh yeah i was uh, like okay. marking it off like wow it's a lot because you're all because you're soaked and your hair is all now right. you notice both of our hair is now longer by this point yeah. So yep. your hair is way in your go. face the whole time and it's soaking wet. So you just the whole time you just keep going back, yeah. keep going back. Right. It's nuts. Well, <laughs> when we reveal the parking meter, we also reveal Sean is in Corey's room. He is wet Looking and frantic scary. and says the cops are after him. We also see lightning strike and <laughs> lightning strike. It's maybe so the cool. FBI. Maybe the FBI. Sean tells Corey he doesn't want to be involved unless he wants to be. And Corey says, I'm in. And there's a real cool back and forth. It felt very single cam. I think that's one mm -hmm. of the things I loved about this. And also, how often were we ever that far up into into the set? Into yeah, that yeah, set. it was d way deeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, we the, have the scene with the bed out to do those co that coverage. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. We we yeah. had that scene with uh, Will and Betsy up by the bathroom. That's one time right. it happened. That's and then, right. That was a great And then scene. this time, uh, very dramatic. Um, you there. And so, yeah, it was cool to see us that right. deep into the bedroom set. And uh, yeah, my favorite really part fun. of this whole thing, though, is <laughs> this whole scene, this cold open is don't turn on the lights because I'm in trouble. Next scene. What do we do? Turn First on the lights. Turn on the lights. Turn on the lights. Makes no sense. And then I'm like, fine. I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, we turn on the lights so we can I see what's happening. I just meant for the next 30 seconds. Yeah, I just, I just meant just keep the lights off for a moment. <laughs> well, Danielle hasn't so mentioned dumb. it. She normally does. Your shirt is enormous. Yeah. Well, it's well, like, I mean, it's, I think it we're going to set like up that I'm going to be wearing tight clothes for the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, they it's, put it, you it, in a bigger shirt. Crazy and actually, that. Ben's clothes are significantly smaller, which I think was also right. to tie in for the amazing joke right. we get in the yep. next scene. But right. one thing I will also say, aside from the enormous clothes, Writer, I, I noticed how big your hands were in yes. this episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, you were using your hands, and I was like, he is like a, a puppy dog with yeah. these giant paws. Enormous, yeah. enormous yeah. Andre the Giant I was, hands. I was skinny, you know? Yeah. Like, I was just a skinny little, like, but I was kind of tall for my age at 13. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. said you didn't grow, because I was trying to think about that. When when the scenes where you're next to Ben, you're clearly four or five inches taller than him. <laughs> yeah. But by the yeah. end of the show, is he taller than you, or are you the same height? Ben and I are the same height. I, I, okay. I, he might be a little taller than me. He might be like five foot nine. Okay. Um, but yeah, he definitely kept growing after this yeah. and I yeah. did not. So this is it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> after that bedroom scene, we go into our Boy Meets World credits and then we continue in Corey's bedroom. Lights turn on. Sean says he climbed in the window and tells Corey not to tell anyone he's in the house because he's a fugitive. Sean explains that he wanted to light a cherry bomb. It was in his pocket all day, begging him to light it and to blow something up. But then he panicked on K Street near Allen's store and he lit it and threw it in the mailbox out of fear. 
Mm-hmm. I also like that right off the bat, the way they get it out, that you weren't going to hurt anybody. Yep, the save the cat moment. The absolute save the cat moment. Yes, yep. as Ben says, why didn't you just throw it? And you said there were people around. I could have hurt, hurt somebody. somebody. Yeah, I could have hurt somebody. Which automatically sets the tone yep. that this is not a kid you have to be worried about. Like he was not, he's not, a. he's right. not dangerous. He's yes. like right. just the right amount of dangerous. Yeah. And it's funny, it reminded me of the like, uh, when I'm talking about like having the the cherry bomb in my pocket, like needing yeah. to light it, it's like the exact same thing with the burger when uh, yeah. Mikas had his burger, it left his yeah. burger. It's like there's this weird like Sean is addicted to being bad. It's yeah. like compulsion. It's impulsive. Yep. Yeah, it's a compulsive like yeah. thing. Which yeah. I mean, I guess is kind of true for how kids feel. I don't know, but like I, I don't know if I ever felt that way as a kid. But it's funny that like it's it's written almost as if Sean is a victim of his own impulse. Like he can't control it. You know, yes. it's not. Well, like it's also he if he's conscious and he thinks about. About it, he wouldn't do this, but he can't help it. It's like, but it's also the way side. that they set it up and the way that you acted it was awesome. Where it was, you didn't have matches, you had no way to light it, right? So, the way that they set it up was the matches were right there, you found them on the street. So, it, it was, was as like, if it was kismet, it was fate. You had to do it because yeah. it's you know, you didn't have any way to actually light them, you weren't fully it was impossible to for light you. this thing, yeah. <laughs> so, that's a cool way that they wrote it where it's like, it's fate. They put somebody put these right. in front of me, I had to do this and then you're like and then I didn't even know it was lit I looked down and it's already sparking in my hand so that whole kind of moment I thought was very well acted and also well written where it's like it it had nothing to do with me I, I I could not do this you guys probably wouldn't remember this but I actually blacked out during run through with this scene um, you what? Yeah. like fainted? I, yeah, I didn't. I, I I ended up just sitting on the bed. But so what I remember happening is, um, if you if you notice as a as an actor, probably my my weakness, but that also is kind of a strength is that I I don't I don't really have control of my instrument. You know, like I'm kind of like my voice is all over the place. My body's a little awkward. Like, and I was breathing so much in the scene yes. that I hyperventilated. I was like breath acting. So I was like, <laughs> and I just got so much that I like literally the world went black and I sat back on this, on this and completely lost track of my pages and where I was. It was the middle of the run through. It was awful. Like I remember like kind of coming to and like calming down and everybody being like, it's okay. It's okay. Let's just pick it up from, you know, whatever. Wow. Like David Trainer's deputy did. But yeah, I just like worked myself up. So, you know, like into the scene about like in a frenzy with my breath like freaking out about talking to Corey and da 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 da, that I remember like my vision just going like turning black and I fell back on the bed and yeah I got tunnel vision I fell back on the bed and it was like okay let's calm down Um, wow but yeah like I just just never had control like I didn't know what I was you know I was just like throwing myself and this is something that I remember I used to do all the time too. Like this is why I was so bad at stunts. Like as an actor, it's like I couldn't pull back. Like I you remember it. Will? I used to like always yeah. hurt people or hurt myself. Like yeah. I would just I throw myself. I commit so wholeheartedly. Like at you know my own peril and the other actors around me. It's awful. But yeah, I, I have a question. Wait before we before we move on because we we blew past it very quick and I could be wrong, yeah. but I think I know you pretty well. In the the opening scene where you're saying don't turn on the lights, all this stuff. Were you about to break? I don't think so. I, you it know, seemed I like the there was thought. a moment was. where just you looking at Ben, because it's always the moments where it's just you and Ben looking at each other where there's nothing to say and you've got to like hold. 
yeah. that it looked for a moment was like, oh, I think he's right about to break right there. <laughs> so I don't know. I just wanted, I'm just curious to go back and watch that again. There's also in the editing of that back and forth in that opening scene, there's like a, a terrible continuity with the door. The door is yes. like open at one yes. time and then it cuts back to Ben and it's closed. And then it's like, and so yeah. I, that, that annoyed me because it yeah. was so like intense. I was really like <gasps> on this back and forth. And then I was like, wait, the door's mm-hmm. open. Oh, door's closed. It's closed. It's open. Um, closed. But Ryder, it's funny that you said that you worked yourself into a frenzy because a couple of things that I think is just amazing about this scene is one, I thought to myself, I love how out of breath he is. He's just run from this thing. He's a fugitive. I really feel that he is the perfect mix of scared about what he did, but also exhilarated, excited, exhilarated (laughs) by what he did. And yeah, Yeah. and also you being able to pace have you ever tried to get a child, an actor, to pace in a scene? No. I have. <laughs> they what, don't they can't like do to it? do it. They don't like to do it. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Because they want to be planted. They want to be like presentational. They feel. Sort of like, they feel like it's too lost. performative. They 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 don't feel like they have. Mo- it's not motivated. And I am always trying to explain to them, you are talking to someone, but you are in your head. And your motivation is because I have so much energy after I I have to tell you this. And then this happened. And you find the moments within the line to plant. And every time you get real awkward, like, and I'm like, okay, never mind. We'll just skip the pacing. Please don't pace. Just sit. You are an incredible pacer. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's funny. You're right. I never thought about that. But you're, I'm like walking all over the you're place. You're walking all over the place. Because you've got the energy. The frenetic yeah. energy is going. And he yeah. is yeah. Corey who's stuck, you know, lost. And why am I never there? He has to look back and forth like you are a tennis ball. And right. it's great. It <laughs> yeah, adds it's fun. It keeps to, the it energy so, up. It makes yes. the whole scene. Yeah, the yeah, whole scene funny. is now... Yeah. Because if you think about it, it's a dark scene. It's raining. I did something bad. That could be a real energy sucker. Instead, it is lively and energized and I'm in and I want to hear you keep telling the story. It is so darn good. So that's funny. um, Yeah, special skills. You should have pacing. Accomplice boy. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> that, that's like the biggest stretch we've got. I think uh, all the other boys that we've had. Just, this one is I the, think like, we've only latest. seen one other one. We've seen one so oh, we've far. We've only seen one other one. Yeah, okay. one in the kitchen. I am mean, accomplice boy. <laughs> trying <laughs> to make this work, aren't they? They are just, <laughs> just trying to make it work. And then the scene ends with a great optical flip. Yes, optical like flip. The, yes, this is a, a sideways optical flip when he's like, I'll be yes. fine. Or I know you. What do I say? Like, I, I know you. You're going to be bad. And he's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, optical I'll get. Okay, flip. so he, right. Uh, right. Sean says that people were freaked out. He can't go home because his dad is going to kill him for getting in trouble. Corey is going to let Sean hide in his room for a couple of days. And Corey agrees. But Corey can't tell his parents or Eric. They agree that Sean is going to hide under the bed. Sean says he thinks he's going to act weird, keeping it a secret. But Corey says, no, I won't act weird. And that's where we get the amazing optical, optical flip. flip. I liked and, hi, how uh, you doing, too, for under the bed. I thought that was a funny joke. Yeah. Opening up there. Oh, hey, oh, how you doing? Yeah. yeah, that was funny. You saying that. It was. But Indy watching the episode was like, what's down there? Who's down there? <laughs> Who, who are you saying hi to? Like, I was like, it's just a joke. He's like, what, who'd you say hi to? <laughs> right, he wanted to see it's, under the bed, yeah. He was like, what? Was There's good. somebody down there? Uh, is, so. is Lily Which down there? Did remind me, did we ever do an episode where there was something like a ferret or something that crawled out from under the bed? Uh, the, did we? we did pig, right? We have the- Was there a pig? Little, well, there's a little well, they were in, the in school. my closet. That was in the school, but then I ended up in my 
room at one point having little Corey. Oh my god! I just I just realized it was a Girl Meets World episode. Never mind. Moving on. It was a Girl Meets World episode where Maya had a uh, ferret in her room. All right. Gotcha. I was an episode of All Cheers. Right. My my yeah. bad. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it was Sam Malone. That's what it was. My bad. <laughs> okay. So right, ben at the, dinner. the optical flip of Ben at dinner. I how big he is. I know, and he's, he's putting, so big. He's with putting the all the meatloaf on his plate, and then I love that he goes to run his hands in his hair. He does this, does like he? He, yeah, he goes like this on his <laughs> on his curly hair. It doesn't move anywhere, but he just runs it across his hair behind his ear, like like he's putting amazing. his hair his hair behind his ear, which is amazing. Um, Alan says that Corey is grounded for two weeks and Corey says, why, what did I do? And he says, we, we don't know, but the way you're acting, it seems like it must be at least two weeks. And then there's a loud noise from upstairs and Corey says it's all of the homework he has to do that fell off of his desk. And then he runs off with some leftovers, grabbing the piece of bread out of Alan's hand. And we're back in Corey's bedroom. Corey brings Sean a giant plate of food. And we have the amazing reveal of Sean in Corey's Corey's clothes. clothes. (laughs) That are... Too tight, so small. too small. Uh, and you then look adorable. for the rest of the episode. Yes. <laughs> yes this is yeah. my outfit for the whole episode. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, and then Eric storms in and says he knows Corey is up to something. Corey is hiding a puppy. A puppy. They, uh, they, oh, so it's a big puppy. It's a big <laughs> puppy. <laughs> there clearly was some kind of meeting about me before this episode because oh, they have changed my look entirely. Did you notice this? Mm. No, I am now preppy. It no, it's I'm now in big flannels. Yeah, yeah, you wear like a t-shirt. And they flannel. keep it open all the way, like it's almost covering my hands. It's very, and then for a couple episodes, I remember this was so somebody somewhere went, no, this belt thing, whatever you got him tucked in, that's not right. <laughs> Put him in giant flannels, yeah. um, which kind of I guess became a thing there. So that I could tell mm. right when I walked in, it's like, oh, I'm they have me totally different now. Yeah, new um, style for you. Yeah, new style out of nowhere. It was very strange. But I also felt for the first time in a while, I walked on and I was more comfortable. I was going to say exactly that. Yep. You really like had command in this set. You walked I agree. in. Yeah. You you yeah. you had you had control of your body. You 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 know manipulated the set really well. The way you sat down, the way you had all the dialogue about you guys are going to take over my chores. You felt like Ah, yeah, Will me too. has taken over as Eric. I feel I, yeah. I agree. I felt I even wrote that down. I was like, okay, I'm definitely getting more comfortable. So that was I was wondering when the moment was going to be where I was going to see a scene and go, oh, there, and this might be it. Where yeah. I was like, okay, this is, and I'm I, Eric is nothing in this episode, but for me as a personal note, I was able to say, oh, there, okay, yeah, I yeah. feel like I'm more comfortable there. Yeah, so that was cool. It was great. So Corey says that Eric is right, but he let the puppy go outside the second story window. Amy and Morgan come in so that Amy can bathe Morgan in Corey's bathroom. And we had yeah, just seen we, that Sean on. was in there. Yeah. Layout of the house now. Okay. Right, right. Okay. So here she says, we couldn't get into the bathroom because it was Her bathroom locked. was locked. Lily's, right. Lily's the door from, so what I figure is the boys so share a, a room and Lily yes. has one and they can each get to the same shared bathroom. Yes. And you went into the bathroom and locked the doors. Yes. Right. So that Lily. So, so that yeah. bathroom door. So Lily's room is on the other side. Of that yes. bathroom, basically. Yes. We were imagining. And did we ever, do we ever see Alan and Amy's room? Mm, I don't ever think Ever so. in the history of the no, show? No, I don't think so. No. Do we ever see we'll get Morgan's room? Do we ever see Morgan's room? No. no. Like, this is no. the only upstairs we ever get to see at the house, yeah. right? Yeah. So curious. By the I was way, just like, I, actually, I actually didn't 
real. I didn't read it as though they share a bathroom. I thought it was that she has her own bathroom, but the door was locked. Remember as a kid, someone would like lock the door from the inside and then close the door and you had a secret key that you would rest She says something to the effect of we couldn't get in from Morgan's side. Yeah, yeah. I forget how it's it's phrased exactly, but the implication is that they share the bathroom. Morgan and the boys share an upstairs bathroom. And And her side was was locked. I was trying to imagine, because if you look in the, like, do we ever see into the bathroom? Like, where's the other door? Yes, no, we, we... Well, again, that we do episodes because I specifically remember the one where Corey stares staring in the mirror, and I come in with the Mister Potato Head. Like you look like Mister Potato Head. Okay. So we do scenes in the bathroom, and I wonder um, if there's two doors at that point. I don't remember, but I do it. remember Lindsay by this point playing Morgan coming into that scene. So she comes into the bathroom with Corey and Eric. So I don't know if she comes in from the same side or if huh. they allude to the fact that it, we, they share a bathroom. But All right. So we do end up seeing the bathroom upstairs. Yes. But other yes. than that, we never see I don't any, think so. I don't think so. But we, we will Matthews find house. out via yeah, the Yeah, there's emails. never an Alan and Amy scene, is there, up there? No. No, we huh. never see their room. Interesting. Or Morgan. So uh, we know Sean is hiding this. in the bathroom, which is a big problem. But then... Just at the right time, Sean comes back in through the window. So there's also so there must be a window out of the bathroom. There's a window out of the bathroom that I guess goes tree. to the treehouse. Or how do you yep. get from that bathroom window to the second story window? You yeah. Spider Man scaled the house. I don't yeah. know. It's definitely the tree, uh, the treehouse. Because I think when I'm running away that. in other episodes with um, with Mr. Turner, I end up dropping down from that tree in the backyard. He catches me if I remember yeah. okay. correctly. Like yeah. I'm trying to escape. Right. Yeah, you also that say that in this episode. You say I climbed I the tree. I climbed the tree and get went in and came in the window. Yeah, I mean gotcha. you say that. Okay. So yeah. it's you know from the side yard. I guess the tree and the bath the tree matches up to the bathroom. The tree is big enough that it goes from the bathroom to also his bedroom. In yeah. front of the bedroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Eric sees Sean but says he doesn't want to know what's going on, but he does need he wants to he um, Yeah, his chores exactly. Done. He decides right. to bribe them. Uh they're gonna do all of his chores. And at that time, Alan comes in, says it's time to take out the trash, and up oh, Corey volunteers. So then we are in Feeney's classroom. Wait, very, and- very quickly, sorry. You say you don't like to do stunts and it wasn't even a stunt, but the the look on your face when you just drop out of frame, because yeah. like, you don't do it big. You just go, you like kind of your body, like yeah. the, uh-huh. the, your bones just go water and you just, yeah. Uh, and was then very funny. later when I tuck under the bed, I like sort of your slide under slide. just in time. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is, there's some like hijinks going on. You do. It was fun. very, like, it's farce, very farcical. Like, yeah. yeah. Very farcical. But very the stuff, timing was but, good yeah. on this episode on all of those beats. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is fun. I and it's thought cool. the same thing exactly. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, you and could actually, have easily you know, not gotten a laugh on the fall. Like, it could have just been right. a frantic fall. But the way you did it, you ended up finding a laugh or there yeah. shouldn't have been one. I, to your point earlier, Danielle, about how you kind of wish that the lesson had been introduced earlier, you know, with the... I actually... What I really appreciated about this episode is that it it stays in this sort of, like, hijinksy... Yeah. You know, like, hiding Sean and in the bedroom and the vacuum later and all this, all these, like, little bits that, yeah. you know, are fun. Like, I think if we... If we... It got too heavy-handed early on, it wouldn't have earned that ending. But the fact that, You're like, right. that classroom scene... I don't know. I felt like if, you know, because even this scene that we're about to enter, the Telltale Heart... 
is more fun. You know, it's more fun yes. than, than it is serious. Like, no, if you're anything, right. we're and supposed they, to be laughing at Corey's. If they brought it in too early, it would have felt yeah. like not, it would have felt like a very special episode of Boy yeah. Meets World, as opposed exactly. to a hijinks episode of Boy Meets yes. World, where at the end, there's With also it. a great lesson. Yeah. Yeah. It rips your heart out. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, it's still, at right. the end of the day, it's still, this is the thing that I forgot because of, of how much we know this, this episode was important for Sean and important for Ryder. At the end of the day, it's still a Corey episode. Yeah. yeah, it's still Corey still about learning his about his choices. friendship and his choices yeah. and what how he is in the dynamic of the friendship. And we're following yeah. Corey as he's hiding Sean as opposed to following Sean as he's going through something, yeah. which I right. thought was kind of an interesting, interesting way to write it, frankly. Yeah, because uh, yeah. it's still about Corey. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, kind of kind of cool. All right. You're right, writer. I, I take back my original comment. <laughs> Way to be wrong, Danielle. I was wrong. I was wrong. I'd like to issue a public apology, uh, not just to Ryder, um, but really to everybody. World fans everywhere. How many lines do you have in this episode, Danielle? This is I it, right? I don't know, you know but like I, I actually forgot I was in this episode altogether. And then when I saw myself, I was like, oh, I'm actually in this episode? Yeah, um, it's cool. Political statement. Yeah. Sitting, so I know you have to set up the scene, but just the first thing we see sitting there watching it with my wife last night, and she's like, that has to be the biggest Danielle's hair will ever be on this show. Your hair was huge it's in so this It's so big. Huge. It's so big, those Richard Caruso curlers. Huge. Really doing their work. So Topanga tells Minkus that Sean was making a political statement with the cherry bomb. Mr. Feeney walks in and tells the class that Sean's parents said he didn't come home last night. And he alludes that maybe Corey knows where Sean is. And then Corey reveals he knew exactly where the bomb was set off. And Minkus spells a conspiracy and a cover up. <laughs> Mr. I have, Feeney, a, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question. Do you think by because uh, I know what I think. Do you think by this point in my head, Alan and Amy, the second they heard the bumps upstairs, essentially knew Sean was up there. Well, no, and they say Feeney called them. Was it Feeney when, did they, when Feeney calls them? Yeah, they when reveal he climbs up in the, the when they reveal tree. it. He that Feeney found out first. Okay, and so saw Feeney Sean knew first. climbing in yesterday. Gotcha. Called the Matthews, which we never saw that happened off camera. Right. So they didn't know when you were up there with the puppy, but obviously that night, later on that night. Um, okay. Because otherwise they would have called the cops, right? That's the what I was yeah. missing. I mean, Sean's I, parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so. what I figured. So they Sean's parents knew know, where yeah. he was the entire time, which is a little bit of a stretch. So at this point, they are testing Corey. They're like this entire situation like is to test Corey. Yeah. Because that means a teacher and two sets of parents, Sean's parents, and are are waiting around, knowing what the situation is, waiting around for Corey to do the right and thing. or Sean to do the right thing. Yeah. That's it's a pretty weird. interesting extreme test. Like, so that's what I, I meant. I Feeney knew this. He walks in, he knows Sean is yeah. missing, and this is all again about Corey getting Corey a lesson to get Corey to do the right thing. Yeah, it's kind of intense, actually. Okay. When you think about yeah. it, yeah, it's a little, it's a little uh, elaborate. I don't yeah. think, I don't think as a parent, I would be comfortable with another set of parents keeping my kid so they can test their kid. Yeah, on his moral, you know, compass. That's Very a little strange. weird. It, it is a little, it's a little far fetched. But also, we have established that maybe Sean's parents aren't the most ideal parents in the world. Setup. Well, here's the thing, and Feeney doesn't and care about is, any other student. <laughs> this is this is the thing that hit me that probably didn't really occur to me at the time, but like certain, and it's in the next scene. But like, it, it, is sh like is Sean 
being hit by his dad. Like, is he yeah, genuinely? Yeah, it seems fear- like that. It seems like that's yeah. the underlying thing because he says he's like, my dad's gonna kill me. He'll he'll kill your dad to get through to me, and it's such a genuine fear and yeah. like that Sean's willing to run away from another his best friend and his friends' parents and go to school to sleep on the ground. I was like, oh, this is darker than I thought. This yeah. is like, you know, this is probably a kid who's like genuinely scared of one of his parents or both yeah. of his parents in a way that like, you know, we don't have to say on the show, but I think probably, um, you know, a lot of kids watching would have related to in yes. a very, you know, a, in a sense of abuse, like, like, oh, I yeah. need to get away from my parents. And you know what else it made me think of is whether or not they let your parents know that you were there and it was, you know what, keep him. You know, like if there was, you know, a little bit of like, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, you know, he's, yeah, like, yeah, oof. That's kind of what I thought. But which, which, again, is, is completely different to when they actually later cast Chet. Right. Because they cast kind of a big teddy bear who might have always made the wrong decisions or might always be looking for the next kind of, but nothing about Blake came off as he was would have been physically abusive. Right. Like he wasn't intimidating. So it's interesting how they probably, you know, the, yeah. the character obviously changes as they, as they move forward. But I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, is he, is he staying away? Cause he, he's going to actually get the hell beat out of him. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Like, yeah. I, I think it was I, an underlying thing. I choose thing. to believe like having watched it now, I'm like, yeah, the, 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 the intensity of my emotions, especially in, in the, the next scene. And then the last classroom scene, I was like, well, this, well, we'll get to it, but yeah. yeah. But doesn't, I mean, again, not to, not to take it to a whole different place, but then it doesn't, don't you think with the character, the way they've set up Alan, if Alan knew that Sean was getting actually physically hit, don't you think Alan would have done something? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, here's the thing. I think the show's kind of having it both ways, right? It's implying that my character might be, over overreacting and and that my dad quote unquote going to kill me right, is right, right. metaphorical hyperbole, and just sure. like hyperbole right um, but I also think that for a lot of people who are spanked or smacked around by their parents and in a way that they rationalize and that parents don't think of as abuse which I think still continues to go on right. uh, and certainly was happening to a lot of families I think that this storyline would have spoken to those kids and to those families. And would have directly addressed that issue, you know, because I, I definitely think that, yeah, I mean, if if we had said out loud, like, oh, my dad is going to hit me, yeah. then it would have become a very special episode, which we yeah. did do later. We did an abusive, yeah. an episode about a child abuse. With, with Ariana, um, uh, Ariana, Ariana yeah. Richards, yeah. Exactly. So by not saying that, but by implying it, it's sort of like the show can have it both ways. And, and it can speak to that issue without having to really address it head on. And I think that that was really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, watching it this time, I was... I was just struck by how emotional my character was, like how um, how sad my character was and how scared my character was. And it yeah. seemed severe to me. It seemed more, it seemed extreme. You know, it didn't seem like this is a kid just worried about getting in trouble. It seemed yeah. like this is a kid contemplating completely running away from his home life because his home life sucks that bad. And we didn't yeah. even have to do that much about it. You know, we didn't have to discuss it too much, but right. the, it just struck me as very severe. Uh, and that's kind of cool. I think that's part yeah. of the reason why people relate to Sean, you know, like yeah. why people have said to me over the years, like your sh- your character felt like something slightly different on this show. And it felt like I could relate to that character more than I could relate to the Matthews. Sure. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there who felt that way. Yeah. Yes. 
This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. It's 2024 and stress is already everywhere. Deadlines at work. Your kid's screaming at you. Non-stop traffic. The world is ending. That's a big jump there, Ryder. Mm, sorry, kind of true. Yeah, well, when we want to get away from the struggles of everyday life and have some comforting me time, we break into some Keebler Sandies. Let's say it's finals week and Mr. Feeney has scheduled all of the tests into one day. How will Topanga find a comforting moment to herself? Go to the mall? Mm, not with this hair. Play guitar with her father, Jedediah? Depends on which Jedediah. Bite into some delicious Keebler Sandies? Exactly. Keebler Sandies are buttery shortbread cookies made with simple ingredients. And each Keebler Sandies cookie is baked to perfection by the adorable Keebler elves for a light sweetness and texture that melts in your mouth. God bless those little Keebler elves. When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat that will keep you going. So, the next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for a Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. Tell the elves Pod Meets World sent ya. They're real. I've seen them. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Okay, guys, I have something to get off my chest. All right, go for it, Danielle. This is a safe space. Yesterday, I was driving my kids to school, and I saw someone driving next to me, and they were eating tacos. Okay. Tacos? Come on, that's not driving food. It's so messy. It's totally impractical. Did I say they were hard tacos? Because they were. I mean, imagine the cheese in this man's lap. I'd rather not. And can I suggest maybe less coffee in the morning or talking to someone about it? Listen, we all carry around stressors from big life events to things as small as driving tacos. And as you heard, we can keep them bottled up and then it can start affecting us negatively. I've found myself in therapy at many points in my life, and it's helped my ongoing struggles with anxiety tremendously. I mean, there's been times I can't leave my house even, and being able to talk it out and have a professional suggest methods to cope, it's meant the difference in my mental health journey. If you're thinking about starting therapy or just starting back up, give BetterHelp a shot. The sessions are entirely online, so you can work around your busy schedule with the most convenient way to get help. Just fill out a questionnaire and boom, you'll be paired with a licensed therapist that you can switch out at any time. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Meets World today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Meets World. Hey, are you listening to us right now on some headphones? And if so, how about a little ASMR? ASMR, I don't even know what it means. Even more than ASMR, we're here to help you. It's time to learn about JBuds Mini from JLab, the smallest earbud on the market by a major brand. It's perfect for on-the-go listening to something amazing like Pod Meets World. It even fits on your keychain, and they're so small, you can sleep with them in. And it comes in five amazing colors, mint, aqua, black, sage, and pink. And it's got rapid charge, where in just 15 minutes of charging gives the earbuds a whole hour of battery life. Bluetooth Multipoint also allows you to connect to two devices at once and switch seamlessly between the two. And we've got a deal for you. Use the code WORLD25 for 25% off. Oh, what a deal. 
Visit JLab.com now to find your kind of tech. And remember, World 25 for 25% off. So, uh, Mr. Feeney begins reading The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. I love Poe. this. I love that he never looks down at the book. I <laughs> know. Ever. He just knows delivers it. it directly to Corey. To Corey. <laughs> it's so funny. And yeah. Bill's, Bill's voice is just so, you know, he's just one of those people you want to hear reading great literature, oh, saying yeah. great lines. And yeah. him doing it, looking right at Corey, I was dying. I was Jensen like, asked so if there great. was some sort of effect in Ben's shirt that was like doing a heartbeat, but there I wasn't. It was so, just no. him yeah. using his chest yeah. to breathe. Have we done the, the push-ins before? Have we done like a push-in no. on a body no. part or anything? That was the first. No. It, took, it, it was interesting the way they did dramatic. that. Where it was the yeah. first time where it was ever like boom, right in on the heart. <laughs> it's it's great. really and good. The, thun, the thunder clasp and the the lightning going uh, and the crash and everything. Was yeah, cool. Corey has a stunned look on his face while Feeney reads, and we focus on his very deep breaths. And then we have a commercial break. We come back. We're in Corey's bedroom. Amy is vacuuming the room and hits Sean in the head, <laughs> who is hiding under it. the bed. Ugh, I remember this so well. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, Corey walks in talking to Sean, but quickly realizes his mom is there. And she says she found what Corey is hiding. His telltale heart starts pounding again. That he organized his closet. I like that Sean is a cleaner kid than Corey. Well, well Sean had a lot of time bored. on his hands. Yeah. yeah, he had a lot of time bored. on his hands. Because he talks about it. He's like, your video games are very outdated. <laughs> now there's a Pong reference, so this is 1993. What if we were to do this today? What would be the? Re- I don't even know what it was. The 94. Video- would it be uh, like, oh, it was uh, sorry, your Mario. G- I mean, it's like there'd be something because no one would get Pong if you said Pong today. No, uh, today my whole thing. Yeah, today. Well, how I mean, old the kids don't really use console games anymore. Everything's iPad. So uh, at least at Indy's age, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I think when you're older, are- it's probably still PlayStation 30 or whatever it is now. PlayStation 30, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, VR headset. Yeah. So Amy leaves and Sean comes out from under the bed. He admits he cleaned the closet and Corey brags that he didn't snitch. Uh, This is where we get some of the hands through the head because you've now been hit by the head with the vacuum. I mean, hands through the hair, not hands through the head. Um, Shot, 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 (laughs) shot. Oh, sorry. Alan then comes up and tells Corey he put about 26, 26 bills in the mailbox outside of his store yesterday and he heard what Sean did. Corey seems very guilty, and then Sean sneezes. That this is a great little beat. Yeah. That's a great ben little so beat. He's so quick. He's so, he's so quick. fast. <laughs> the minute it happens, he's like, huh? <laughs> and then checking for snot. It's so funny. So funny. Beat. And then Alan says, "Bless you," and he goes, "Thank you." <laughs> it was so cute. Alan is telling a story about someone he went to school with who was like Sean, a dangerous, troubled kid. Alan then jumps back onto the bed without Sean and knowing Sean is hiding there and is obviously talking to Sean, but without giving it away. Alan says if Corey ever does anything bad, he can always come home, that nothing is as worse. Nothing is as bad as not coming home. And Corey says he's a come homer. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, Dad. I'm a real come homer. Real come homer. But oh, I I had forgotten how much Alan and Amy were in the show, for lack of a better yeah. way to put yep. it. Yep. They're yeah. I just as you know, you're 16, you're doing your scenes, you're in school, you're doing that stuff. You don't realize how integral the parents were, yeah. and they're yeah. so huge. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. He was so good in this scene, and just the emphatic way you can always come home. It was. I thought it was. He's a genius. Yep. He's brilliant. Yeah. Yep. And the second jump on the bed. I loved too, just for no reason. That one, he yep. just gets up and jumps yep, back. Just... 
Ah, uh, so Alan then leaves, and Corey tries to convince Sean to just explain what happened to Alan. He can work it all out, and Sean says, no, I can never go back home. So this is, I remember, um, we recently were doing the Q&A episode, and we were asked about improv. This was, this was me being a horrible actor at this age. I remember I improvised the word mischievous into this scene. Okay. <laughs> It was like, I said, it's like, we do these little mischievous things or like, instead of like right. bad things or whatever. I'm not, it's the line I blew up with my, and I remember thinking, oh, I, I understand this script. Like I understand what Sean, like the, the message that Sean is saying. And so adding the word mischievous makes it clearer. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Michael and the entire writing staff coming out and being like, what was this word? What was this word in the script? What is this doing here? And my heart just sinking. Oh, no. He's like, no, no there's a word. What was it? And they're all looking in the script. They're like, he's, and Michael's like, no, he said this word that wasn't, doesn't make any sense. And I said, mischievous. He's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. He's like, did you improvise mischievous? Oh, and my God. Like, yeah. He's like, don't. That's not the way kids talk. <laughs> Oh, Which is absolutely true. It is. But, you know, like, it, it, it you know, because, like, being a good actor, and especially being a good improv actor, means being in the moment and being present yeah. and being uh, being a part of your character. I was, like, clearly intellectualizing and, like, thinking in terms of, like, you know, a better word that would help clarify this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like Sean would ever use the word mischievous. Horrible acting. Oh, Horrible my God. Acting. That's I so disagree. Funny. I think it's good acting. I think it's <laughs> no. just more writer than anything else. Because yeah, you, more writer you, than Sean. At that age, would absolutely have used the word mischievous. So, oh, that's so funny. Don't, don't, don't do that. Oh, that's funny. That is really funny. Um, I don't. Yeah, I'm sure I have moments like that where I tried to improvise, or maybe I just never had any uh, confidence. Should, yeah, yeah, or even just confidence. Like, oh yeah, no, that's definitely going to get shot down. I remember. Um, I can remember a specific time where you did something where you won up to me and got a much bigger laugh. You, you, you. Me? Uh, yeah, you built on my laugh and got an even bigger laugh and stole the scene, and it was awesome. I know exactly the moment it was. What, what? Is it we can wait for we can wait fourteen years to get to it if you want, <laughs> or we can talk about it now. No, it no, was let's the, just wait fourteen years. It was the episode, right. the black and white episode, where we go back to Casablanca. Yeah, uh-huh. and where you're, I'm sitting across directed? the desk. Um, and you come in to hire me and you're like, tell to me straight, stupid or something like that. Right. And I say something and I put my hand on the desk Uh and you had never done this before, but in front of the audience, you then say it back and put your hand in front of mine. And it just, the way you did it built on my laugh and got (laughs) a much bigger laugh. Wow. So there were times you did stuff, Danielle. Don't, don't sell yourself short. I can remember several of them, but that one always jumps into my head. Yeah. Thank you. I can't wait to watch that. Okay. We'll get to that in, I'll I'll be 63. 2068. (laughs) So Corey calls for Alan, but Sean bolts out the window. Alan sees Corey yelling Sean's name out the window. Um, Yeah, this kind of bummed me out. This kind of bummed me out for Sean, even though I think, you know, Corey was, I was like, that sucks, man. Yeah. Why'd you do this to your friend? Yeah. 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 But to me, it spoke to the severity of Sean's fear. You know, like that's yeah. I just can't, I couldn't get over this episode. I was like, really, dude? You'd like, it's, it's, it's that big. bad. Yeah. It's that big of a deal that you, you're going to avoid your parents. Like, and it seems like, yeah, it is. Seems like, yes, it really was that yeah. bad. <laughs> so then we are in the Matthews kitchen. Corey tells his parents Sean is gone and he admits that he was hiding him under the bed. His parents continue to pretend they didn't know, uh, ish. Then, of course, they admit that they knew the entire time that Sean was hiding. Mr. Feeney saw him sneaking in and called them. And 
Corey then says, well, you didn't tell Sean's parents, did you? And they say, of course we told Sean's parents, but he knew that he was safe in our house for the time being. Alan then says that Sean has some rough edges and he can go one of two ways. Alan admits he was like Sean as a kid and he had a best friend like Corey. Based this on his- blew my mind. I did not remember this. Oh, really? This really? Oh, I knew it right away. Oh, I knew oh it right my away. God. Yeah. I thought it was so cool that Alan yeah. compares himself to Sean. Yeah. That is such a great turn because I guess the assumption would be, you know, he was the Corey. Like, is Corey. Yeah. He was the Corey. And the fact that, you know, the turn is like, I was that. And I had, luckily I had my friend Richie. Um, I just loved, I just thought it was such a, a nice moment and something that like I had forgotten. And I don't know if we do this again where Alan identifies with Sean. Because that's a cool touch. I don't know if oh, we no, they do it. Up I, again. Do, remember the do? cult episode, and there's a bunch of different ones. Well, where I remember him standing up for me in the cult, but, but I, don't I remember think there's him a, a couple times with, he identifies oh, with that's the so kind cool. of. Yeah, yeah. You so know what's cool, really man. cool about it is that it humanizes and doesn't mm-hmm. otherize. For we we yes. have sometimes given um, the show a little bit of crap for otherizing nerds, and you know the exactly. way we've talked about it, weirdos. Yeah, and yet then. To its credit, if we're going to criticize when it otherizes, we also have to give it credit when it doesn't. It really humanizes that even um, it humanizes the idea of going the other way, that not that there really is no such thing as a bad guy, that it's just person, a person who has made bad choices and is is, is a little lost. Yes. And that needs some guidance. There's no thing as a bad kid. Right. Which right. I think isn't, which, you know, it's, yeah, you can still go either way. And again, uh, Rusty just killing it. I mean, he's so yeah. good. Which maybe, speaking of bad kids, maybe this is a good time for a little too much shirts. Yes. Um, so if you have a great kid, let's play it. Ended yeah. up not talking so much about, uh, which is, I, I, you know, we didn't talk so much about the episode as uh, whether Indy thinks he's a good influence or a bad influence. Mm. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. So my character uh, got in trouble. Um, have you ever lit a firecracker? No. Yeah, I don't think you have at all. Do you have any interest in lighting firecrackers? Dad, you seem like you don't even know me. What does that mean? I love lighting firecrackers, but I've never done it. Do you think you are a good influence or a bad influence on your friends? I don't know. Are you the one that says, let's break the rules and do something bad here? Or are you the one who says, whoa, 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 stop what you're doing because we got to follow the rules? Some people say they want to break out of school. What? And they get, draw plans for it. And once this girl, she actually went out of this school. She dug a hole. <laughs> Wait, what? Under the fence. Yeah, she dug a hole and went under the fence out of the school. Did she get caught? Yeah, she went back in. But she was like, I'm free! And then she would just crawl back into the school. So she wasn't really going to run away from school. Oh, she was. But she didn't. She got the chance. She, she literally had, like, her backpack, her water bottle. Would and she you... even brought money with her. So... To buy... Because cause there's, like, a little food market. But... <laughs> right next to the school. But now you... Would you run away from school? Or would you run away from home ever, you think? No. If you ran away from home, where would you go? I'd go to my backyard. And you just kind of camp out there? Day 39. My parents don't know I'm out here. I keep waving to them in the window, but I'm sure they don't see me. Green marshmallows on the side of my trampoline. Ding, ding, ding. 
I go to my backyard and camp there for at least 42 days. Don't ever run away. You can always come home. Just come home. Yes, father. Wink. (laughs) He added this little wink. Oh, Oh, my God. Are you watching alone? Is that why he's counting the days that he's he's gone? Day 42. 42. Yeah, day 42. (laughs) No, but I I just love that when I asked him if he's going to run away, he runs away to his own house. Exactly. He runs away to his backyard. I was like, great. That's all I needed to hear, dude. You're a good kid. Yeah, exactly. That's all he can think of. Exactly. I was like, if that's the farthest you want to go, uh, is our backyard. And also, camp out. Cool, he's man. waving to you. The only yes, reason he exactly. hasn't been rescued is because you haven't <laughs> seen him. Seen him exactly. <laughs> Who at oh, that age so is nice. tunneling under a fence? I know. I know. Isn't that intense? <laughs> I mean, geez, is there no school? open gate? You've got a tunnel? What's what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, oh, man. That's great. I'm so glad we added two much shirts. I know you only like to do it when he's like really interested in doing it. So I'm glad we had some time off because that was a great one. one. Yeah. So based on Alan's own experience, Alan says Corey will know what to do when Sean comes around. And then it is very late at night. We are in Feeney's classroom. Very quickly before we get to the classroom. Yeah. I I have to point out Eric in the back of the the kitchen scene Mm -hmm. who for some reason just is cooking something and And then then just leaves. Yep. You and Morgan both just leave. We're the just going to leave and leave the like, stove unattended. That's yep. something obviously very it, much it needed to be like you stirred. Were running out, and I, now I I'm think leaving. You wanted a cigarette at that moment. <laughs> like, yeah, you were just, it's like get me out of here. I've delivered my lines. I'm gone, and that was it. I just left. So I just wanted to quickly oh point that God. out because it was these are episodes where they obviously wanted the family to be there, but had nothing for us to do. So yeah, there wasn't even yeah. business. It was just like, just and Eric exits. <laughs> that was it. So that was <laughs> I it. had the same yeah. thought. I know. I noticed same. that too. But yeah. I did think at least it looked like you were running out after Morgan as opposed to just like, gotta go. It looked it like was, you were chasing yeah, after know. her because she made like the joke. I've just decided to leave yeah, for me. Time to go. Yeah. Time to leave. We just got to smoke. <laughs> Uh, so does anybody, do you guys remember the weird rain strip? I really noticed it in the Feeney's classroom scene. Do you guys remember the like mm-hmm. strip that went yeah. up against mm-hmm. the window and that's yeah. how all the water yeah. just ran down the glass? Yeah. Yep. So cool. I love really that. Cool. I love the effect it has. Can I ask where Sean got a sleeping bag if he wasn't using yeah, it good before question. and he was wearing Corey's clothes and yet he, like, he has a sleeping bag? Stole it from Pat. Maybe he didn't see him some... grab it on the way out. No, he didn't take it on the way out. So he obviously he either robbed the sporting goods store on the way to Feeney's or hmm. he somehow had a sleeping bag? Yeah, no. Yeah. I think he probably stole it. Okay. I think the implication is that he broke a window somewhere. Okay. Wow. All right. Bag. Yeah, I know, but not clothes. He yeah, yeah, right. You're making him a real clothing. bad kid. Like he sold heroin to make sure to get the sleeping bag. <laughs> it's like, I think it's probably just props going, yeah, let's just throw a sleeping bag there. Yeah, so Mr. Feeney walks in and he sees Sean sleeping in a sleeping bag under his desk. Sean asks... If Corey ratted him out, but Feeney says Corey has actually been a loyal friend. And then Feeney, while holding a strong canvas he left in class over the weekend, says, once the integrity has been breached, even the strongest fabric can unravel. Even the strongest friendship. It's a pretty cool metaphor. I also like how he said, you know, he's been a loyal friend. You're the one who's screwing up the friendship. Yeah. Like the yeah. second you ask somebody to lie for you about something yep. like it's this, great, you're great the one point. who's the bad friend, not the other way around. I thought that yep. was a really, yep. really cool point. Yeah. Very true. Uh, uh, and then I love his little, here, have a bandana. Okay, not to get into this because we got so many of the emails about the llama. Oh, pen. no. 
But how oh, do we it know takes how a lock on his? Yes, you crib pay, Alan says you when since he's picked since he learned to pick the lock on uh, your play. It's just a joke that we've been friends since the llama pen, but he, that goes all okay. the way back. So. Okay, right. or, or, or you guys have been friends since again. Sometimes families get raised together in certain ways, and you've been right. friends since you were like you've just always been friends. Been friends since yeah. you were two. So I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know how that was going to read. But if you could send yeah. an email about it, I appreciate it. I do think it was Alan making a joke, but I did I did like that it sold the idea that you guys have been friends forever and he's yeah. always been this he's always been the kid with the rough edges. Yeah. Yep. And apparently a lockpick set at a yeah. very young yep. age. So yeah, it's great. Uh, Corey I love comes Ben's into the entrance. class. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Monday. I know. Uh, that was a bad lie. He comes oh into the God. class with an empty bag instead Why? of the things that Sean asked for. Just why? Visual Why do you use. need the bag if you're not going to bring it? Why it's a carry nice the visual bag? touch, man? It's a nice visual touch. It makes it a scene. That's but good so writing. it's for the TV show. That's it's not writing. for his yeah. friend. Okay, because it's like you literally carried the empty bag there to then hand it to him to open it up to show the bag was empty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's it's a nice dramatic touch. Yeah, okay. I get what you're saying. It's a cheat, but I thought I, I okay. kind of. I think it's nice because then I get to react to it. Yeah. As opposed to like, I didn't bring you anything. You know, I, if right. you can tell something visually, I guess action it just seems a little, ri- it seems a little ridiculous. Let me, let me yeah. go get an empty bag okay. and bring the okay. empty bag in with me. I, I see know. both I sides. I, yeah. I didn't yeah. feel like, Hey, that's not logical, but I did appreciate the visual touch of it. I did. Yeah, I got the visual. I it just didn't make a lot of sense. to me. But anyway, Corey says he drove to the school with Sean's parents. Sean tries to keep running, and he even threatens to beat up Corey. And Corey begs Sean to go home, even if that means he'll be grounded. Sean says he's going to be killed, and Corey says, well, we're 12, we live again. And then Sean kind of quickly makes the decision, all right, I'll go out to my parents. (laughs) And you kind of walk out with almost a little bit of a smile on your face, like, all right, buddy, and then yeah. it made me think, maybe it's not quite so bad at your house. Maybe it's not that you're that afraid. But I don't know. I think they just didn't want to end it on such a bummer note. Uh, yeah. I I remember this scene so well. I this remember, one? Yes. Yeah. And I remember Ben being very, very excited to do this scene. Mm-hmm. Very nervous about it in a in a good way. Excited more than nervous. But like, I remember, I think this was the first time that Ben felt like he got to do drama uh, right. on our show and and you can see it in his face like he is so present and yeah. he is so um both of you are yeah confident like he is so confident in his like no i'm just gonna stand here until you you know you have to beat me up to get me out of the way yeah and he says wipe the floor so, with me he's a rock he's a yeah. rock and and i remember ben and me both like pulling each other aside and amping up for the scene. <laughs> yeah. Like we thought we were doing something really important. We thought we were doing a dramatic scene and 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 we cared. And I remember him caring so much about this scene and um that there's 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 a moment in the scene that I was like kind of taken aback by and I remember the switch which is uh, I'm put, he grabs me and we're almost like in this physical confrontation. And my line is, um, what do you want from me? And I mm. think I had been reading it com- like, like confrontation. Like, what do you want from me? Do, you know, like we were sort of going at it still. And instead, what ends up happening is I like have this really kind of sad 
what do you want from me? And it's right. like, oh, that's like the most Sean Hunter moment of all, right? <laughs> like this, yeah. whereas like, I'm, it's going to be internal sadness as opposed to external confrontation. And it's like, and that's what I mean. Like the depths of Sean's home life in this scene, like when he says, I'm going to, they're going to kill me. It yeah. feels like, I don't know. For me, I was watching this going like, oh, wow, this feels way more severe than it probably should be on a sitcom. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Then it kind of wraps up really quickly and it's fine. And then we see me in the next scene. I'm happy and I just got grounded and everything was okay. But right. these little glimpses that we get in these moments of like drama, ah, it's pretty intense. I thought yeah. you were to see how it plays out scene. the rest of the scene. Both of you. Both oh, yeah, of you were great the in this scene. I mean, it, absolutely. It, was, it did take the, the whole relationship to a whole different level. You kind of, again, you saw it a little bit with the, with the Santa's little helper, but right. this was a totally different dynamic. But again, that was all confrontation, right? That was yeah. all like screaming at each other and throwing yeah. the basketball. And this like it reaches this weirder point where yeah. it's like it stops and we sort of aren't in confrontation anymore. And we just have to sit with our emotions and our relationship and make a decision. Like, okay, yeah. Corey, you're right. You've won this argument because you're just you're just such a good friend and like yeah. there's yeah. no denying it you know yeah. i don't know it's nice it's great it's a really yeah. great scene yeah Agreed. and then we are in the matthews living room Cor there's a knock at the door Corey asks what day is it amy says it's the 19th Corey knows it's sean he freaks out opens the door and the no longer grounded sean is standing there free after a month of being grounded and we see <laughs> the famous handshake yeah. So much fun. And then I go to the TV. I love that moment. Like, yeah, oh, you go to the TV. TV. <laughs> Amy is on the computer with a truly tragic line, which is, I've got five more numbers to enter on this spreadsheet. <laughs> For the I've got to computer I mean, make. You know, she's got a, she's got, <laughs> I've got a computer make on the machine. Oh, ding, my ding, God. Five more numbers in this five, spreadsheet. In this abacus. Yeah. I just got to. It is so just every, every. It's all set up for everything, right? Like oh, yes. the game. It's it's triple overtime. Triple I've got overtime. You're the, and you're on the phone with the girl, of course. If he says yes, well, you say like I almost had her, which is yeah, so yes. I got her. <laughs> almost it's almost so, trapped her in my claws. Yeah, so weird. It's and so then. Weird. The power, the power goes power out, goes and everyone panics. I didn't save my dolly's hair. I don't get to have the date, the triple overtime. Amy asks if Alan paid the electric bill, and he says, of course he did. On Cherry Bomb Day. Uh, there, I thought it was a very cute, I thought that, oh, that was so, that was really set up very well. And then yeah. Sean jumps Good up, night, you see him at the door. <laughs> Which I what is that? A, who did that? Who, somebody said that? Some famous person said goodnight, everybody? It I think like, it was Johnny Carson, maybe? Yeah, Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson? Like yeah, yeah, I had yeah. no idea. They had to tell me how to say that. Yeah. Like, what, you know, I probably, everybody. the first take was just like, goodnight, everybody, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But they were like, no, 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 it's a bit. Do a whole thing. Like, goodnight. And I think I do it a couple times. I think there's another episode I do the exact same thing. Yeah. I feel like this repeated. Yeah. This is, well, you're great. You're great in this episode. Really, yeah. truly a great episode, right? Yeah. I mean. Super yeah, important. Defining really episode important. for our show and for Sean, yeah. Absolutely. Really defining episode for the show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the next episode we get like this is the last one of the season, which is where Topanga and Corey do their sock Well, if, if Disney I Plus like... is right, which they haven't been in the past, that's not the last episode of the season. It's, oh, it's the not. second to last episode what? of the season. Boy Meets yeah. Girl is the name of the episode. And it's, and it's the oh, okay. second to last episode of the season. So I don't oh, okay. know if that's another Disney well, Plus I feel like that's up. the next sort of defining episode of our show where we oh, see yeah, the characters yeah, yeah. come was... to life, you know, where it's like, yeah. oh, this is what the show is going to be. It's like yeah. this one, 
Corey's alternative friends, that last episode, uh, you're- I'll be really interested to see, Will, if in every episode from here on out, you are as comfortable in your skin as you were in this episode. I wonder if this was the real turning moment where you were like, I got it. I hope so. It was the earthquake, man. It was the earthquake or it was the change of clothes. Oh, it was the change of clothes. It was the change of clothes. Yeah, no, that earth. (laughs) And we, 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 just talking about the earthquake again, that whole week was aftershocks. Yeah. So we didn't you shoot never in front of an episode, knew. or in front of a, a live audience. I don't think with this episode. No, because because we, we, everything was yeah. broken, was and all, there was and yeah. you're you're also all of a sudden on a set and firmly aware that you are standing underneath lots of hanging lights, lights and heavy stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember being terrified of that. And people being like, "Actually, this is one of the safer places to be." Which yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. But the but whole room everything would is start chained. Shaking. All the lights were chained. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they weren't just clipped up. They also had yeah. uh, metal chains to everything. Yeah. Um, but you just like look up and see us. all this swinging stuff. It's like in the horror yeah, movies terrifying. where all of a sudden you're just around swinging blades everywhere. It's like, oh, everything yeah. here can kill me. So yeah. yeah, it was that was to to do this show and this performance for especially the th- I would say the three of you, you and Ben and Rusty, to do this this week, which was arguably one of the most uncomfortable weeks of my life. So I have to imagine yeah. it was for everybody else because the whole ground was shaking randomly yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, is pretty impressive. The house the we were around. living in at the time moved off the foundation. Yeah. Oh my God. It's nuts. Yeah. It was yeah. it was pretty pretty yeah. crazy. It was quite an earthquake. Um yeah, so going back to what we were talking about with the final episodes of the season, the final episode of season one is called I Dream of Feeny. And the second to last episode, at least as far as Disney Plus is concerned, is Boy Meets Girl. So we will double check to see if Disney Plus is right or if we need to go back to the DVD order. I Dream of Feeny, the one where he's like, Ben thinks he puts a curse, Corey thinks he puts a curse on Feeny, and Feeny's like starts showing up everywhere. Yeah, yes. it's like that is yeah. that one. It is okay. Wow. And wow. I just got word from Tara that Disney Plus is right. That okay. it, that is the correct order. So it is okay. not that Boy Meets Girl is the second to last episode of the season. We will get to that. But our next episode that you will hear us recap is season one, episode eighteen. It's a wonderful night, which originally aired March eleventh, nineteen ninety four. Thank you all for joining us for this episode. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Pod Meets World Show. Uh, you can also send us emails. We've given you lots of things to email us about. Podmeetsworldshow <laughs> at gmail.com. And as always, we have merch. Merch! Podmeetsworldshow.com. Uh, thank you guys for being here. We will see you next time. Writer, sign us off. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Wilfred L., and Ryder Strong. Executive producers, Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Jackie Rodriguez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. You can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or send us an email at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So, make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandies shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai the first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only.